Hello and welcome to Strung Out. I'm Marty McCormick and uh, this is our 14th episode. And a couple days ago, Annie and I did a recap of the debate that took place. And you would think that that took place in the 19th century. It's just the nature of the beast during this pandemic, during this administration, that everything is just moving fast and furious. And the president, Donald J. Trump, things are just, as usual, over the top. Let's just call it for what it is. This this has been the equivalent of riding an amazing roller coaster ride that just when you think, oh man, I don't think I can take another, another big, deep, gut-wrenching, G-driving dive on the roller coaster, here you go. And here we go. We got it. We got it with this uh, this wonderful thing of uh, Trump and all the people that uh, surround the president getting COVID. At this point of this broadcast, this is now old news. So, we have to jump ahead if we're going to be uh, fresh and uh, um, invigorating on the Strung Out podcast. The very latest bit of news is that the president decided to get out in his coach and ride around Walter Reed Hospital, waving to the people that are standing out there, um, wishing him well. So very interesting almost gives you the impression gives me the impression for sure that he has a mild case now that being said is there a lesson here of course there's a lesson here we everybody and their sister knew that it was just a matter of time before this president got sick this president ended up getting uh covid19 and um the reality is is we wish him well you, you have to wish a person well and to be in best of health. And the uh, double-edged sword here is that you really want to wish them to be in good health, mainly because you want them to stand up for the debates and you want them to get soundly defeated on November 3rd. And any other way, anything else that's going to happen to him, bubonic plague, COVID-19, um, a horrible pestilence of, uh, of locusts, Lyme disease, whatever. You don't want it. What you want, you want this guy hale and hearty. You want this guy to go to the next debates because here we are once again on the roller coaster. Now, there's a lot of people that are saying this president, really what he's trying to do is um, fake his way out of the debates. Well, I I don't believe that. And, you know, truthfully, as of this recording, time will only tell, just like everything else, regarding this whole amazing last four years that we are calling the presidency of this Donald J. Trump. It's going to be an interesting bit for the history books I always thought, wow, you know, history was something that you looked back at. And uh, I always was so grateful that I did not have to 
be part or parcel of World War II. I always thought, man, I just, I don't think I could have handled, you know, having a guy like uh, Adolf Hitler out in the world. Well, you know, not saying that Trump is uh, Adolf Hitler, but what I am saying is that here we have, in the 21st century, just an amazing human being that has upset the apple cart on so many levels. You couldn't have scripted it. You couldn't have come up with a movie that could be any more vile or or, or just hair-pulling. Um, even the Godzilla films just pale in comparison. But here we are. Here we are. And just when you think, oh, man, the guy got really kind of handed uh, to him uh, the last debate, kind of did not look presidential, did not look confident, did not really have any kind of handle on any of the facts or figures. Well, you know what? Maybe the maybe the guy was just dealing with COVID-19. So here we are, and if somebody says they know, they're lying. <laughs> so I want to shift gears because we're not going to get any further on this as of, of this podcast. But what I want to shift gears toward is the reality that is really being experienced by uh, the creative people in the arts right now. And this is what I want to focus on for the duration of this podcast, is that we are in an era where you have to either say the arts are a political form of expression or the arts are non-political. You either are one way or the other. You cannot be in between. I, I fervently believe that. I think that you have to make a stand. And we all know that back in time, the arts have always played a political role. Back in ancient Irish times, uh, the bard, if the king was being an idiot, the bard was able to compose songs ridiculing the king and being able to play that outside of his court. So the peasantry, the people working at the castle, whatever, could hear and could hear that, uh, you know, Brian Boru, uh, you, you know, doesn't take care of uh, his court, doesn't take care of his bards, um, that sort of thing. You could, you could really lambast somebody. That sort of political expression goes back a long ways. You cannot argue that the arts have a political side. The arts are much, much older than this country, and obviously so. But the arts are much older than this country, and we have a dynamic in this country. At least I believe that we do. And that is, again, of this bold experiment in the idea that we, the average Jane and Joes, regardless of race, color, creed, religion, gender, gender attraction, um, what am I missing? Well, we have this bold experiment in the idea of consensus 
e pluribus unum. Out of many, one. You've heard me say this, and I go back to it time and time again, because really, that is the crux of the American dream. And uh, so, where does that play in the arts? Well, what does the artist, what role does the artist have to play in this? So, I think there is a duality that exists among democratic artists. You either have the artist that is going to be the person that's going to say uh, that the king is a jerk, or you're going to have this democratic side to the arts. And it could, it could be argued that this is very milk toast, but the reality is, is that you have this ideal that we have to come together. And think of all the songs that have ever been out there that talk about uh, coming together as people. This is, this is the thing that I, I want to focus on, is just that we have this dichotomy that exists right now, and it's been heightened, and uh, not only with the political turmoil, but now it's been brought to a razor sharpness because of the whole COVID-19. So I want you to think about that, and I'm going to play a song here, Let's give a little listen here to what's going to be the next album for me. And uh, you're listening to Strung Out.
All right, everybody, you're back on Strung Out. I am Martin McCormick, Marty McCormick. Um, that could be a whole other podcast. Why Martin or Mar- why Marty? Well, it's a long story, but uh, actually Martin is my actual given name. Marty is kind of the name that people who don't know me that well call me Marty. Martin are, uh, is the, the term for people that who do know me. So there you are. If you want to really get on my good side, call me Martin. Um, but I'm not going to, you know, the hackles are not going to come up my neck when you call me Marty. All right. So here I am. I'm talking to you tonight in light of this whole huge meteorite of political and uh, uh, biological turmoil. And you have still the bard, the bard that exists today. And you have a political bard, and you have the bard that is to tie society together. Now, I was talking about the kind of songs that have always been out there that have, have talked about, you know, people coming together, right? You know, come on, people now, smile on me, brother. Everybody get together. Try to love one another right now. That's the kind of song I'm talking about. And then you have, you know, political songs. Um, Ten Soldiers on Nixon coming. You know, that that kind of thing. Those songs have existed um, in the democratic scheme of things. Now, the political song is a much more ancient song, I believe. The idea of lifting people up and bringing people together is a much more recent development that has come deliberately out of democracy. You as a listener to music, some of you are like, well, I just want to listen to great music. I don't give a darn what one thing sounds like, one, you know, what the lyrics are, you know, I'm attracted to a beat or whatever. But when it comes to the idea of marking your life or marking a society's life, and think of the artists, you know, that, uh, that have been out there, um, it doesn't necessarily mean that the artist herself or himself is not political. I think uh, the big example is a, a guy like uh, John Lennon. You know, John Lennon, you know, give peace a chance, that whole thing. He, he certainly is a political force. Yet, John Lennon also realized with democracy, you have to have the bringing together of uh, disparate groups of people the idea of touching our common humanity. And you hear it in songs like Imagine or We All Shine On, on and on, you know, that that song. Those are examples, really, of where the artist has a very important role to bring people together. Why am I bringing this up? Because we are at the most polarized part of our history in the United States since the Civil War. No doubt about it. Here we are. And these are dark times. Um, We are facing something extremely alien, I think, to most Americans. And that is the idea that our fellow man really 
doesn't matter. I really sincerely believe that it is a, an extremely small minority of people who are that self-centered, that selfish, that willing to win at any cost, to spike the ball on um, prostrate person that's uh, lying on the court, you know, just, it's, it's just totally the antithesis of being a good American. Um, I give a, a, an example of sports. The way we were taught at the end of a football game is that you lined up, you walked across the field, and, uh, you know, whoever won, whoever lost, you shook their hand, you looked them in the eye, you said, hey, man, great game, way to go. Why was that necessary? Why is, why is that sort of thing necessary? Because it's the affirmation that, hey, man, hey, woman, it could have been me. You are me. That's the sort of thing that exists out there, right? So what happened to change things like that? Well, one of the big things that has changed in the last 30 years, you can take it back to really a little bit further to Ronald Reagan. And what it is, is again, the deregulation of the FCC. And I'll go back to this time and time again, and I don't care uh, if, if people get you know, they roll their eyes into the back of the heads. But this is the actual reason why we are in such a divisive situation as we are today. Among other things, other things have now come into play, uh, another historical thing. But let me just focus for a second on the FCC. And what it is, is basically the deregulation of the FCC has enabled monopolies to exist. Monopolies not only of stations, but monopolies of thought. We got rid of the Fairness Act in the FCC. And the Fairness Act was point-counterpoint, you know, and uh, that's gone. And that's been gone, think of it, for more than a generation. So you have a bunch of young people out there that don't realize that there is or was a, a adjudicated sense of fairness that was put into the American way of being. In other words, not only good sportsmanship on the field, but good sportsmanship on the airwaves. Fairness, and fairness has been obliterated. And uh, that's really, folks, one of the main reasons why we are in this bind today. Why was it deregulated? Simply enough, because that way big companies could buy the airwaves and big companies, in turn, would support the person that supported the idea of deregulating the FCC. That's where we're at. And you throw into that mix the total blowing apart of the music industry. Again, by greed. 
there's no way of, of looking at it, but it is greed. Technological advances certainly played a role in it, but truth be told, it's again, corporations trying to monopolize a hold on the music industry. And I, I am loath even to say music industry because I, I just don't think that is the proper way of describing it. Um, the music uh, trade, it's, it's more like something being, again, thrown way back, centuries back, where we're in a guilt. The musical guilt, that would probably be the best way of describing it, at least for journeyman and journeywoman musicians, people that are out there literally knocking their heads against the wall to bring music and connection to lift people up, to lift people up. Why? Because we're in a democracy. And why? Because that brings about, it did bring about fairness. So the machine of good ethical democracy has been knocked out of whack, deliberately, deliberately. And one has to wonder why? Why was it knocked out of whack? Profit. That's basically it. The idea is when you have something that has to be uh, a level playing field, that costs a lot of money to maintain level playing field. It gets distributed. A level playing field means taxes, okay? So if you want to have a level playing field, if you at least to give your child uh, a, an opportunity to have a good college education, for example. That's going to cost money. It's going to cost money to bring that tuition down to a level where everybody and their sister has a, an even shot. Well, on the other hand, you decide, well, we're not going to have fairness, and we're going to just funnel that money into the pockets of a few. Now you have the slippery slope that we have been on for the past 30 years. So hold on to that thought, folks. A lot more coming, and I'm going to throw another song at you. You're listening to Strung Out. When I was a kid, it lived under my bed. When I was older, it lived in my closet Nowadays it likes to live in my head There's just no way I can dodge it Fear is a friend and a foe Fear is with me wherever I go something new it holds me back if there's a change it gets real mad when I wanna leap it attacks how can something so good be so bad fear 
enjoying the music. This is all the songs that I'm selecting for the next album. Ten songs. Three other albums. Waiting in the Wings. It's been a very prolific time during this pandemic. And I want to thank everybody that responded last week to me. Uh, I played three cuts. You can listen to them on episode 12. Three cuts that basically I'm thinking are the, the front runners for the title track of the album. Just having a difficult time with this because originally I, I wasn't even thinking of releasing it as an album. I was just thinking that we could uh, send these things out one song at a time. But you know what, folks? It turns out that's the big trend now. And since it's a big trend, it's more expensive to send out a song at a time than having um, 10 songs be put together as an album. And there you have it. But I cannot wait until this thing is ready and I can announce it on this show that I have this album for sale. It just feels so good. And we are getting very close. So uh, that being said, you people that have reached out to me over the last couple of months, but especially, you know, just within the last po- uh, couple of podcasts saying, keep it going. We're really enjoying what you're, uh, what we're hearing. It means a lot to me because uh, obviously I want to provide something that you guys are going to enjoy. And that's it. And uh, I'm here to talk and play my music for you. 
So um, if the show continues to grow and morph in a direction, it will. Period. That being said, that's up to you. It's up to your discourse with myself. So please send an email. You can send an email through my website, martinmccormick.com. And uh, just look at the contact page, figure it out, uh, you know, and send it along. Because uh, a lot of you have. And again, thank you. So in summation of this evening's podcast, we got a president with COVID. We had a horrible debate. We have political turmoil. We have cold weather coming and uh, at least here in the United States, looks like in Europe as well, an uptick in the number of cases. Everybody figured that was going to come. So all that stuff is going on. But in the meantime, we have a lot of unemployed people, especially in the arts, especially among our barred class. I'm talking about the people that you have heard in coffee houses, people that you have heard singing at house concerts, people that you have heard singing at festivals. You know who these people are. And as a music lover, you go, oh man, this is the real deal. In summation, basically what I'm, I'm trying to say here is I think if you are a musician and you're listening, you have a responsibility to bring in a democracy people together. How we go about that is the course of another podcast. There you go. A big gear shifter on uh, episode 14 of Strong Out. I'm Martin McCormick. We have plenty more to talk about with this, and um, I'll have my co-host uh, Andy Courtney joining me for the next podcast. But until then, um, keep the faith. 